I think one of the neatest things when you watch somebody come out of these events, everybody is smiling. Everybody is walking like they are bulletproof. <laughs> everybody has this bounce in their step because they've been a part of something that's magical. They're watching blind people proclaim their independence. From the Outreach Department at the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Austin, Texas, this is A Sense of Texas. Here is your host, Emily Coleman. Welcome to A Sense of Texas. Every October, TSBVI and organizations like ours around the country celebrate White Cane Safety Day, or what was rebranded Blind American Equality Day in 2011. The actual holiday is October 15th, which is why we're releasing this episode today. However, we celebrated the holiday on October 13th on our campus this year and virtually with the help of the Texas Workforce Commission, aka TWC, and in particular, Jeff Malzo. Jeff is helping us discuss this important day with the gift of his stellar broadcasting voice. Jeff. Hey, Jeff. This is Emily. How you doing? I'm doing great, Emily. How are you? I'm doing good. And when you answered the phone, it sounded like you should be hosting every podcast because your voice sounds amazing. <laughs> you are sweet for saying that. Thank you. <laughs> I love talking behind a microphone and I'm a ham. So I guess they all go together. Well, then you're the perfect candidate for me to interview today for this episode, it sounds like. I'm excited. Good. Let's do this thing. I'm a 58-year-old blind Texan. I am a vocational rehabilitation counselor with the Chris Cole Rehabilitation Center. We're a rehabilitation center that teaches blind adults and retrains them to go back to work. Um, my background, I've been working in the assistive technology arena and blind advocacy arena for more than 30 years. I started by using technology to modify my own job sites and then began developing training programs for travel industries like Holiday and Reservations, Marriott, Hilton. Um, I worked to develop the first blind distribution warehouse along with National Industries for the Blind. We actually had blind pickers and packers out there um, wandering around with forklifts and all the other equipment out there in the warehouse and putting out an incredible number of, number of orders per day um, for the Defense Personnel Supply Center. I came to Texas as a contract trainer. Um, I've been an employment assistant specialist and a technology instructor. The technology aspect has truly leveled the playing field. Yeah. Right? You know, we can have people working in, as lawyers, as medical technicians, as um, just about anything, teachers. Yeah. We have people working out there in tech support. We have people working in call centers. And it's a result of having technology like this where I can have the, anything that is sent to my computer screen or to my cell phone read back to me auditorially, displayed on my Braille display. Um, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a field leveler yeah. is what it is. Yeah. 
What do you think is the, you know, working at Chris Cole, you're, you're obviously working with adults that are getting additional training or maybe recently have become blind. What do you, what do you think is the hardest thing for them to grasp technology wise, or maybe what's one of the easiest things? You know, it turns out the technology really is one of the easiest things to grasp. One of the things that we find most difficult is getting people over the idea, well, I can't see, so therefore I can't type. Well, if you think about it, you don't see to type. I guarantee it. You might be looking at your hands or you might be looking at the screen, but your fingers remember where to type. It's called kinesthetic memory. And once I get people over that hump, when I was a technology instructor, the it became really they, – they bought into the whole process because they realized that, hey, I really don't need to look at my fingers. In fact, you know, in our keyboarding labs, we have the lights off. We don't let them look at their fingers. I think mm-hmm. one of the most difficult things for people, you know, who are transitioning into being blind and, tra- you know, getting back to work, getting back to school, is the adjustment to blindness angle, all right? Learning what it means to be blind, mm-hmm. what it means to be visually impaired. You know, a lot of people are afraid of the blind word, right? You, you go outside and you talk to people and they go, oh, Jeff, you're, you're, you're visually uh, – um, <laughs> I'm blind. <laughs> yeah. Been blind 58 years. You're not telling me anything new, you know? <laughs> and so to me, the adjustment to blindness is the best part of what we can teach people. Because once people get back that self-esteem, get that back that ability to say, you know what? I'm a man who happens to be blind. I'm not a blind man. All right. And that's exciting. And watching the, watching that happen at Chris Cole is, is one of the most rewarding parts of my job. Well, you know, um, that's a great lead-in to what we invited you here to talk about today, which is White Cane Day. And some of our listeners may not be familiar with this event. So can you share what you know about this October 15th holiday? Absolutely. October 15th, Blind White Cane Safety Day. It is, originally, it was an act of Congress under House Bill 753 that authorized the President of the United States to proclaim October 15th as White Cane Safety Day. And it was passed unanimously and signed by Lyndon B. Johnson about three hours later in 1964. And it's been that way ever since, and it was renamed Blind American Equality Day by Barack Obama in 2011. So why is this important? You know, the cane has been used to help blind people to get around since the 1930s, right? It's a symbol of – basically, it's a symbol of, hey, this guy is blind or this young lady is blind, and we might need to give them a little more room, right? But more importantly, it is a sign of my independence. It's a sign of being out there doing things. I love to travel, Emily. I love to be out there doing things. Basically, anywhere where they say, a blind man can't do that, oh, yes, he can, or he's going to try anyway. But I'm out there with my white cane or my guide dog, and you know what? I'm proud of being blind. And for me, this day celebrates our independence. This day brings our people together, our community together, to support each other, to announce that, hey, we're blind, we're empowered. Let me use the words from our T-shirt this year. Our presence is powerful. Our independence is important. That is the essence of White Cane Day. 
do you find that it's a um you know as you said as a as a rehab teacher and working with um adults who may have recently become blind um do you think this day has a kind of a big impact on them once they live through one of these events yes it does i think one of the neatest things when you watch somebody come out of these events everybody is smiling Everybody is walking like they are bulletproof. <laughs> Everybody has this bounce in their step because they've been a part of something that's magical. They're watching blind people proclaim their independence. You know, when you watch, when you watch, you know, several hundred blind people descend upon Texas School for the Blind, <laughs> it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It is. It's amazing. And, you know, you watch cars practically crashing into each other because they're stopping and just being amazed by these <laughs> folks out there saying, hey, we're here and we're proud of it. Now, you know, you've taken on a, a big role with the organizing of White Cane Day. And this year it's even taken a little more of a twist because we're, of course, you know, limiting any in-person activities at all of our different um, locations. So tell us about the work you and your team are doing for this year's White Cane Day, which we're, we actually celebrated you know, um, two days before this episode was released. So <laughs> it'll be kind of... Well, hopefully hopefully your your audience watched anyway. But yeah. I'll tell you what the, the, the... Let me tell you what the genesis of the idea was. Okay. Right? You know, it, it's wonderful to have all these people come to Austin for White Cane Day and be a part of the event. And it's exciting, but not everybody can get to Austin. Not everybody can get a chance to meet the partners who have booths there, who have services that they, you know, they advertise for the blind, okay? And what we wanted to do is give the ability for blind Texans everywhere, all over Texas, to be able to come and be part of White Cane Day, all right? We were originally going to have a live virtual event at TSBVI where we were going to be filming right from the festival. Think of it like a Macy's Day parade type event, or if you want to, a, a morning news show. Unfortunately, COVID bit us. And that's okay. We're still going to have an amazing event. So if you think of like a morning news show, we are broadcasting this event to up to 5,000 blind Texans. People are going to be able to watch a blind crew, our, all of our talent is blind, mm -hmm. talking about issues that are important to us, talking about things they're excited about in the blind community. Along with that, we're going to be dropping in pre recordings from many of our partners. The event is actually going to be three hours long. Wow. We're going to have a lot of really cool information to share. And just for your listeners, I'll drop them a hint. <laughs> if you missed the live event, come to the website, www.whitecaneday.org. Click on the media link. Guess what? The event will be posted right there. Oh. And they can watch it and enjoy it That's just great. as if they were there with us. Wow. I'm glad you guys are doing that. What a good idea. I'm excited. My role has been a, that of kind of chief cook and bottle washer, executive producer, ramrod, whatever you want to call it, person who doesn't get to have any sleep until the October 14th. But I, my role has been to use all of my skills because I have background in media and I also have background with a lot of technology. And as you can tell, I'm a blabbermouth. I like talking to people. So my role has been to make this event exciting and make it make it something that I want, I want it to be an experience, and I've got an incredible crew with me. I've got you know a co-producer. Um, I've got a you know 
people from, from TSBVI. I've got people from all over the community. Many of the crew will be blind, probably with the exception of the camera people. The rest of them, most of us are blind. It's going to be kind of fun. All right. So, you know, you mentioned that one part of your target audience are, um, you know, those who can't come to Austin. Um, But who else do you think might be an important audience to consider when you're working on a virtual component for this event? One of the most important audiences that we want to reach besides our blind Texans is our blind Texans family, Mm. friends and colleagues. Emily, you and I work in an environment where, you know, we get to see this miracle happen every day. We get to watch students grow and become and become active, excited, contributing people. And to the rest of the world, it's a mystery. How do they do that? Why do they do that? What do they hope to accomplish? Well, my goal is to show those families and colleagues and people who are supporting our customers, our blind Texans, that, look, it's not such a miracle anymore. This is just a person who has just learned to do things differently. They've learned techniques. They've learned travel techniques. They've learned independence, cooking techniques, organizing techniques, job hunting techniques, and they do it the same way you do, just differently. Yeah. Maybe using some of that technology we talked about a minute ago. (laughs) That's right. I think that's such an important thing to note. I believe that in our work, we spend a lot of time sort of preaching to the choir. Like you and me are going to have this conversation and we're going to agree on everything. But it's so important to reach out to those that don't work in our field or or know anybody who might be blind or any of that. So I think that's such a good point. Let me give you an example that we just started at Chris Cole, and it's been very successful. We call it Chris Cole Total Access. And what that is, we invite our students to bring their friends, family, colleagues, support systems, significant others, to an event which we hold for about four hours on a Saturday. And we introduce them to some of the different departments at CCRC, and they get to learn how they teach and what they are teaching. And I thought this was a great event then, but now I'm absolutely amazed by it because I have been approached by three different support system people of our customers, two of them in tears, who were so excited to see what we were doing. And they're like this light bulb moment about, oh, You mean they really can go shopping on their own? Really? You mean they can travel by themselves? You mean they can work a computer? Now I get it. And that is why we do what we do. And that, in a crux, is what the people I want to reach with this virtual event. Now, you know, a lot of these people, thinking about external folks we might want to reach um, or work with, are, of course, other organizations and businesses. So what role can they play in White Cane Day next year, whether it's in person or virtual? Oh, they can play a huge role. When we have, and I'm not going to say if, I'm going to say when we have the biggest and best White Cane Day live event Yes, I love it. They can come out and meet our partners, people who are providing services to the blind community. Maybe they provide a service to the blind community. Maybe they're a transportation company. Maybe they're a cane manufacturer. Maybe they are a guide dog school. They provide services. They can come and set up a booth on the festival grounds and introduce themselves to the blind community. It's a big networking thing that happens every Mm -hmm. year. You know, Yes, you're right. Emily, you and I are in the you know, in the field and we do what we do, right? And it's preaching to the choir to each other. But I love White Cane Day Live because I get to go around and I get to talk to all these other partners, to all these other people doing things in the blind community. I mean, it's like a it's like a big family reunion in a lot of cases. 
the other way they can get involved is, of course, if they can choose to make a donation and they can check our Facebook page for, out for that information. And my favorite way to get involved is to buy a T-shirt. We have a unique T-shirt every year. I mean, these things become collector's items. I mean, I know several people who have got the last 20 T-shirts in their closet and will show them off because they were a part of those events. And they're usually very inexpensive. They're $15. This year's design of the T-shirt was done by a TSBVI student. And you can see that on our website, www.whitegayday.org. You can see the T-shirt, and we sold a bunch of them this I year. I mean, I think our shipping crew is just is still recovering, but we will wish, we'll wish them well. But that's a great way to get involved. Put that T-shirt on, show your pride, help us show our pride. How do you hope that White Cane Day might impact a student who's blind, deafblind, or has low vision? I hope that by coming to White Cane Day or watching the virtual event, they have the opportunity for some introspection. And they look out there and see these crazy blind people doing amazing things, you know, working at hotels, um, lawyers, doctors, psychologists, you know, technical workers. And they kind of look at themselves and go, you know, I'd like to do that. I can do that. I can do that. And I hope that we reach them with this idea that you can embrace your blindness. Your blindness is a challenge. I won't deny that. It's certainly a challenge for me on a daily basis. But it's something you can embrace. Make it part of yourself. Make it an asset. And I want our White Cane Day virtual event to demonstrate how to do that. I want them to see some of these assets, and then I want them to want to become one of those assets. You know, it just, it comes back to how important it is for our students to have role models, and this day gives them that opportunity. So I love that. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. I want to add that I hope that everybody is going to mark the day next year. Keep an eye on the website for what it's going to be. It'll probably be a Wednesday. I want to see all of Texas come to Austin. I want to see if we can overflow TSBVI's campus with people excited about being blind. So come on out, celebrate with us, join us. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's great. And the and the website is, is the same website every year, right? So people can keep track throughout the next year by just going to whitecaneday.org? They can. They can go to whitecane.org. And here's a coincidence. They can follow us on Twitter at White Cane Day. They can follow us on Instagram at, yes, you guessed it, White Cane Day. <laughs> I mean, we grabbed hold of that name and we branded the heck out of it. Um, they can also find us on Facebook at, yes, you guessed it, White Cane Day. <laughs> And we keep those sites very active. I know the webmaster of the website very well. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to keep it updated. We're trying to make it more and more modern. So keep checking back on the website. It's kind of in a dormant stage when you're listening and hear this because, you know, we're taking off all this year's. But I will keep the media up there. I'll keep our list of partners up there. And if they watch that website, I guarantee they can come and be a part of White Cane Day 2022. All right. Well, if all of Texas is coming to Austin, I'll start working on our safety and security plan. <laughs> Good idea, man. You're going to need it because I'm telling you, we have waited for a live event for way too long. Know. You know, I'm with you. and I'm hoping that we can broadcast from TSBVI for our virtual event next year because it's going to be a great one. Do you know an infant or toddler in Texas who may have a vision problem? They may qualify for free services. 
Support from a teacher of students with visual impairment may increase a child's success in school and life. Call 817-740-7530 to find out more. That's 817-740-7530. TSVVI students embrace White Cane Day celebrations on our campus. It isn't just the DJ or the barbecue lunch, there is more to it, which is about to be explained by student Mike Folk. Hi, I'm uh, Mike. I'm a junior in high school. I've been at TSVVI for six years. I got referred here by my old uh, TVI. I've enjoyed my time here. It's been a little weird in recent years with all this pandemicness. Yeah, I suppose that's true everywhere, huh? Yes. Yeah. So what is your, what's your favorite thing about being at TSBVI or what's like your favorite club or activity? I like how everyone is kind of tight-knit yeah. here. Everybody knows everything that's going on. And sports-wise... I enjoy wrestling, and I'm glad that's starting up again. Nice. Oh, that's going to be fun later. <laughs> now, you gained a little bit of fame when you starred as Gaston in uh, Beauty and the Beast a couple years ago. Yes. Was that, that looked like so much fun. Oh, it was. <laughs> but I was also really, really nervous. <laughs> well, you couldn't tell, and uh, I had my kids at the play, and they still talk about your performance. They loved it so much, how much you ran around the stage and all the energy you had. Where did that go? <laughs> what, your energy? Yes, <laughs> because I have a seem to lack a lot of it. <laughs> I, think, I think it came in age. Oh, maybe. That was three years ago. Maybe you were just really passionate about that part and you need a good part again. Yes, I think I need something that'll get me going. Well, speaking of that, I hear you're helping out with uh, TWC's broadcast this year for White Cane Day. So do you, I am. Do you know what they're going to have you doing yet? Well, they're going to have me and a few other people talking about a wide array of different topics, ranging from guide dogs, different types of accessibility software, different organizations, such as our own. Yeah. That's one that's on there. One that I brought up that I said I'd go and delve into the history of a little bit. Because the history of our school is pretty interesting. Yeah? Have you been studying up? I've popped across a few interesting things that... <laughs> weirded me out um, a little bit, but at the same time, it's still kind of interesting. Oh, I can't wait to hear what you share with the world. <laughs> How long we've been at this location, um, uh, that was surprising. Yeah, like over 100 years over now, 100 right? Over 100 years. It's kind of crazy, too, because where our campus is... Uh, 105 years. 105! Wow. And where we, where we are, it used to be surrounded by farmland. Now it's just surrounded by houses and houses and more houses. And streets. Yep. Yeah, this is Austin's ground. Yeah. A lot. It's crazy. So it's great that you're helping TWC. I think it'll be a really good online event. Um, why, yeah. Why do you think White Cane Day is important? Why is it something you want to be a part of? Well, I think that 
it's important because the community doesn't really understand how much the blind and visually impaired community goes through and how much we can do. Yeah. They think just because we can't see, it makes us different. And some people have this misconception that we're kind of slow as well. Yeah. Which is not true at all. Just because we can't see means nothing. We just do things a little differently. Especially when it comes to, you know, your everyday activities like cleaning. Yeah. Or cooking. Yeah. Because a lot of people don't know that we can do that. Our independent living skills are something that they need to know more about and the way we traverse the community as well. But I think it's going to be fun and I think there's going to be a lot of information to share and hope everyone enjoys it. Did you know that it's going to be recorded and put online for a while? So if anyone misses the event, they can check it out later. Yeah, and I found out how many people are, uh, the Zoom can fit. How many can it fit? Five thousand. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Whoa. I hope they fill it. That would be yeah. fantastic. If you don't always remember to celebrate October 15th, I hope you mark it on your calendar for next year. Keep tabs on programming events by following the website whitecaneday.org. You can also find a recording of this year's event with Mike. Jeff is also creating a podcast with TWC, so keep your ears open for that. From TSBVI Outreach and A Sense of Texas, I'm Emily Coleman. See you next time. This has been a presentation of the Texas School for the Blind and Visually Impaired Outreach Department. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics to cover in future episodes, please contact us at podcast at tsbvi.edu.